Hey kids, what's happening? Welcome to the How to Be Awesome podcast. This is episode 103. Louise, how the heck are you? I'm good. I still can't believe that we're in like triple digits. I know. So freaking wild, man. Uh, 103. Mm -hmm. That is. I mean, it's going to be in triple digits for a hell of a long time now. So it's going to be a long time before we (laughs) hit quadruple digits, isn't it? If we if we make it that far into, I might not live that long. (laughs) That's that's very true. (laughs) One or other of us might be dead. Welcome to the podcast. We are all about positivity here. Also, you might die. Uh, Wheel of fortune, anything could happen. Yeah, you never know. You might get crushed by a giant wheel. (laughs) Well, we've thrown a spanner in the works this week by bringing on an amazing guest. Mm -hmm. Everybody say hello to Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So Caitlin from House of Hormones. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Caitlin. So my business is called House of Hormones. I started it just at the end of last year, actually. And before that, I was just interested in hormones on a personal level um, and kind of helping people sort of informally. And then people kept saying to me, you should really start this as a business. And I actually wasn't really enjoying my previous job. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to. I'm just going to leave that job. I'm going to take some time for me. And then in that time, I decided to start my business. So so I basically do coaching for people that are looking to learn more about the hormones, maybe resolve any issues that they're facing. I also do some like corporate sessions, so kind of helping workplaces to understand how they can better support colleagues with their hormones and kind of why menstrual health is important in the workplace, etc. And at the moment, I am moving my business a little bit towards a membership model. So I'm sure I'll talk a little bit about that at the end, but I am kind of moving slightly away from full-time coaching into the membership. So yeah, it's really exciting what's going on. That is super exciting. I love that. Also want to just make sure everybody knows up top, Caitlin is not a doctor, so she won't be giving anybody medical advice or diagnosing anything. I bet there are a lot of people who are like, what the hell is a hormone coach? What does that, what does that mean? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's one of these things, like it can kind of mean whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> like being a witch? Um, yeah. yeah. So, but for me, it's, it's basically helping people to kind of take back control of their mm-hmm. own hormones. So I think, as I'm sure we all know and can relate to, we, we don't really get taught anything about our hormones in school or throughout life. We kind of just float through, like dealing with whatever comes up and, and kind of accepting that that's just part of life. It's part mm-hmm. of being a woman. So I definitely was in that camp. Um, I went through really hard times with my hormones a few years ago, like really, really almost ruined my life. And yeah, didn't really get any support, couldn't get any answers. And that's sort of what set me off on this journey. So I guess the coaching aspect for me is is a lot of using my experience to be able uh-huh. to relate to other people. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. The reason I use LinkedIn is just because it's my favorite social media platform. I'm not really a social media person. But yeah, I, I use my experience a lot and kind of for other people to relate to and, and kind of share my message and so that people know that they're not alone um, and then the coaching aspect comes into it because I know a hell of a lot about hormones these days um, <laughs> I am actually due to 
complete my accreditation in women's hormone health and get my certificate through in the next hopefully few weeks. But yeah, it's just helping people to understand what's going on in their body, understand why they're feeling a certain way and what they can do about it, how they can actually use their hormones in their favour and not feel like their body is against Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and kind of feel empowered, I suppose. I think that's a big part of my work is helping people to feel empowered that you actually know what's happening in your own body and you you can actually explain to yourself why Mm -hmm. something is or isn't a certain way instead of going to a doctor or whoever else and sort of relying on them to take you seriously or or give you the answers you're looking for, which in my experience and so many other people's experience I know isn't always the case. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I guess it's just I'm all about the empowerment. I'm all about giving people the knowledge. I'm not about here's how to have the perfect hormone health and here's what you should be striving for and doing all these changes to your life I'm not about that I'm just about let me give you the knowledge that you need and tell you what you can do about it and you go and do with that what you will if you want to make all the changes cool if you if it doesn't suit you to make all the changes because you don't want to cut out all the things you enjoy about your life then that's fine but at least then you understand why maybe it's having a certain effect on you or mm-hmm. why maybe you feel a certain way so yeah so I would say that's my take on what a hormone coach is other people might say differently <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Before we, because I feel like I'm now getting sucked into the conversation about hormones, before we fully dive in mm-hmm. to the conversation about hormones, it's time for what you eating. Renee, what are you eating this week? Oh my God. I need everybody to go on the blog and make this gourmet waffle burger. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. When you say waffle burger, what do yeah. you mean by this? Okay. There's a whole stack situation here. I'm closing my eyes so I can try to picture it. The photos (laughs) didn't come out with it looking as fucking delicious as it is when you eat it. The base is a toasted liege waffle. I'm not sure if that's how you say that. Like the sort of cakey waffles with the big sugar pearls. Mm -hmm. That's the base. And you're like, what? Why? No. Yes. Stay with it. Your favorite kind of mustard, for some reason, once I moved to the UK, Dijon mustard here tastes to me like, I don't know. Paint thinner? Yeah. I was going to say like car fumes. It's like- English mustard is worse. Like fucking fire. So I just use regular American mustard now on everything because all other mustards are too much. Your favorite kind of mustard, big fat, juicy beef burger. And then- some honey ham, like just oh. deli ham, but like the crisp honey roasted. it up a little bit. Yeah. In, in the pan, like after you've cooked the burger, like even after you turn the heat off, throw the ham in there and let it just get a little bit juicy. That mm-hmm, goes next. Mm-hmm. And then a fried egg and then cheesy Parmesan Mornay sauce gets drizzled over the top of the whole thing. Is there another waffle on top? To make- no, it's open face. It's oh. it's a monstrosity. It's a knife and fork situation because you couldn't fit it and you couldn't pick it up and eat it. It's too big. Amazing. I've I've had a burger with a donut for a bun mm-hmm. before, and that was. You think it's going to be weird? It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So I and I love waffles. So I can't imagine why that would be bad. It's so good. Yeah, I love that for you. I love that for me. I want one now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a bit of work. So it's maybe like a weekend indulgence kind of project. Because mm-hmm. you can't just like whip it up on a Tuesday night after you've worked all day. Did you home make the waffle? No, I bought the waffles. I bought the waffles, um, but I made the sauce. I made the burger. I bought the ham. Oh, I forgot. There's also, 
you could use whatever kind of cheese you can get your hand on, but but I got cheddar that's like has peppercorns in it. Mm -hmm. That's the cheese I used. It was fucking insane. It sounds. I'm salivating right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really hungry. That sounds absolutely amazing. So I was really excited to tell you about it. Yeah, that is so exciting. I'm so glad I heard about it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's on my website. So you can go and make it yourself. Amazing. Hmm. What are you eating this week, Louise? Uh, you asked, you said you were going to ask me a question uh-huh. about this um, before we started and you were going to wait till we were recording. I've written Viennese truffles. Uh-huh. Are they are they the Thornton's Viennese truffles? Yes. Those are my favorite. Aren't they so good? Oh my God, I love them so much. Have you tried these, Caitlin? Uh, no, I haven't. You need to get your hands on some right now. Okay, I'm writing it down right They're now. They're like little chocolate truffles with like a kind of, I don't know, it's like a mousse on the inside. Mm-hmm. And then they're like rolled in sugar. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, my God. So amazing. So it was my birthday yesterday in our timeline. And my husband got me a box of Thornton's chocolates that had the Viennese truffles on them. They're really hard to get now because there aren't really Thornton's shops around. Mm-hmm. So they're really hard to get your hands. You used to be able to buy just a bag of these truffles and they're fucking amazing. <laughs> you can't really get that. I, I can never find them anywhere anymore. So when I saw that this box of chocolates had these truffles in it, I was like, you dancer oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> i got where i'm like i'm gonna eat all the other chocolates mm-hmm. and then save those ones for mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. a hard life to have you know yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> worst problems to have but <laughs> um, yeah that's my plan so i was super fucking excited for the viennese truffles i'm so glad you knew exactly what i was talking about i thought you thought they were going to be super fucking fancy from no i love those they're they're by far the best thing and like if you get a box of chocolates mm-hmm. like Thornton's chocolates and they're kind of like mixed up Viennese truffles are hands down the best ones in the box yeah they're so good they're absolutely amazing if you've never had one I don't know where you'll be able to find them but try and find them because they're worth I'm it. sure it's, you can buy them on the internet I'm sure you could probably get them on Amazon I don't know but we'll find a link and we'll post it yeah. <laughs> let's bring back the Thornton's chocolate make them bring them back drive up the demand so that they're yeah. available everywhere they're so the they best. have to make them yeah, they're so delicious. So yeah, that's what I'm eating this week. Yum. Thank mm. you. Caitlin, did you eat something awesome this week? Well, not this week, but mm-hmm. I'm going to include it anyway because um, it is honestly the best thing that I've ever had. Basically, I was away quite recently to the Isle of Arran with Ooh. my partner just for a few days. And there's a hotel there. If people go to the Isle of Arran, you might know the Douglas Hotel. But basically they had this like homemade dessert that was just on as like a special thing. Um, and it was like a homemade vanilla blondie with toffee sauce. Mm. And it was honestly the nicest thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. So this weekend I am going to attempt to try and make this. I've never made, I've made brownies. I've never made a blondie. So I'm going to try to make this and see if I can like recreate this dessert. But I'm sure it won't be as good as that one. But um, <laughs> the concept of it, is good enough for me because it's vanilla toffee ice cream that's yeah that's me yeah I mean even if it doesn't taste like that specific one it's really you know you're still gonna have blondies and even if you totally mess them up unless you like swap out the salt for the sugar they're (laughs) gonna be they're still gonna be delicious blondies are so good yeah so that's that's what I'm doing this weekend so I'll let you know how it goes yeah definitely send me a a photo I want to see how you get on Okay, yeah, I will. That sounds freaking <laughs> delicious. I don't know if I've ever eaten a blondie. Have you fed me a blondie before? Renee? I've made 
I've definitely brought white chocolate raspberry blondies to work when we work together. I must have eaten them then. There's not a chance that I didn't eat one of the things <laughs> that Renee brought to work. So I must have. No, I did. Yes. No, I recall. I can. The memory is coming back to me now. I remember. Yeah. Delicious. You can't go wrong. No. No. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but that's not actually what we came here to talk to Caitlin about this week. It's not. Sadly. <laughs> we want to talk to you about using your hormones as a superpower. So we're going to talk a little bit in a bit about like cycle tracking, how you can actually work with the different phases that you go through to use your hormones in your favor rather than like fighting against them, how you could care for yourself in each phase and stuff like that. But first, mm-hmm. I want to hear more. You kind of hinted at it a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about your story of how you came to this point where you're like, this is bullshit and I need to help people figure this out. hmm it's been quite the journey. I'm not going to lie. Um, mm-hmm. So I will, I will give you the the shortened version if I can. But yeah, basically, I I didn't really think that I had any issues with my hormones for a long time. Um, so I was on and off different contraceptives. Um, not for that reason, but um, I went to the doctors when I was about like 15 or 16. Um, just to say, like you know, my I had only just started my period in the last like six months. I was quite late. Um, and I was like, it's just you know, it's so heavy, it's so irregular, like, it's just, I'm really embarrassed going to school and whatever. And I remember myself saying to the doctor, like, oh, I'm sure there's nothing we can do about it. I know that's just normal. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the doctor being like, no, no, like, there's this tablet you can get, blah, blah, blah. Basically explained the contraceptive pill to me, other than the fact that they didn't actually tell me it was the contraceptive pill. And at 15 oh. or 16, like, I didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't know any different. So I didn't know this was the contraceptive pill. I just thought mm. it was this magic pill that, like basically just stopped me getting periods so I started on it didn't really have any issues with it was taking it all the time was taking it for a few years actually and that fixed all the problems and I was Mm -hmm. like brilliant this is magic and so then when I got to be a little bit older and started kind of dating and things like that I thought right it's time for me to think about actually getting on something for contraceptive purposes not knowing as is already like uh-huh. in the yeah. so, you're um, all set babe yeah, so, yeah. You're fine. <laughs> so I actually um for whatever reason just had it in my head that I wouldn't remember to take the pill every day mm-hmm. so I was like, oh no, like I can't be risking that. So I decided to get the implants. I thought that mm-hmm. makes sense. Just shove it in, like jobs are good and don't worry about it for three years kind of thing. So I got it. Ended up having three of them. So they last for three years. So I ended up, I had one, it ran out. I got another one, it ran out. And then I got another one. But by that stage, I was in my early twenties and was kind of starting to realize that actually like there was a few things that I didn't really get why they were happening. So I didn't get a period the whole time I was on the implant, which does tend mm-hmm. to happen. And I wasn't mad about it. But <laughs> right. I was <laughs> like, I was like, this is great. I've never taken this out. Um, but I was starting to get like um noticing that I was getting kind of like hair growing, like, you know, just like on kind of above my lips and like down kind of beside my face, things like that. I was tired all the time. I felt quite low in terms of my mood. My hair was quite thin on my head, just things like that. So I thought my mum kept saying to me, I bet it's your hormones, you should go and get them checked. So eventually I decided I would. When I went, the doctor said, we'll do some blood tests. We'll just see what's going on. It might be PCOS. So um, we'll do some bloods. Um, but she said, I know she's got an implant that will need to come out because otherwise we're not going to get like an accurate reading of your mm-hmm. hormones. So I got the appointment to get that removed. Had to fight with the nurse to get it removed because she was so insistent that 
if I wasn't trying to get pregnant, I shouldn't be taking it out, despite the fact that my doctor was requesting it. And she was like, well, what are you going to do instead? Are you getting it put like straight back in? Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'm not even sure why you have an issue, but never mind. Oh, so were you not like in your 20s by this point in time? Yeah. An yeah. adult that can, yeah. it's not like you were 14. <laughs> no, like, yeah. she had like a million questions about it. Like, why was I getting so it done? Wild. You know, all the rest of it. Because I fucking so, want to. Uh, yeah literally no explanation needed I've decided it's coming out and that's it mm-hmm. so I got it out and then I had to wait it was about eight weeks that I had to wait before I got the blood test to let things settle and it wasn't until I got the implant out that I realized how much better I felt without having it so mm-hmm. I never realized in the whole time that I had it, that whole like seven years or whatever that I had it I didn't realize that it had any effect on me what like really whatsoever mm-hmm. I didn't think I had changed and then when I got it out and after about a week or two it just felt like this dark cloud had lifted and I oh, realized wow. actually how mm-hmm. low and how negative I had become when I had it um and so I thought wow that's like you know that's crazy like how much different I feel so I thought I'm never getting that put back in regardless of what happens so I got the blood test got scans etc everything was fine luckily it wasn't PCOS so the doctor then said well you know, you've not got PCOS, but I think it would be a really good idea if you went on to the combined pill because that's got estrogen in it, the implant doesn't. And I think the estrogen will really just help you like on this journey to kind of resolving these symptoms that you're having anyway. So at the time I thought, okay, fair enough. I'm feeling better. Like, yeah, 100%. So I was like, you know, I feel so much better without the implant. If you're telling me this is just going to amplify that, like I am all for it. So I got got the pill, started it, and within three months, I literally went from feeling good, feeling confident, feeling clear-headed, all the things that I felt before, to having developed crippling anxiety, mm-hmm. like to the point where like, mm-hmm. if my partner was leaving the room to go to the toilet, I was like, where are you going? How long are you going to be? Because I couldn't be left on my own. Yeah. My mum and my boyfriend had to take shifts of watching me oh. because I couldn't be on my own. Um, I cried constantly. I didn't eat for days at a time. I was so sick, just horrendous. So I decided mm. I was quitting it. I was like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm not, this is me done with hormones. I'm not doing this. Like, I don't care if this is meant to make me feel better. And she was like, just stick with it. It will even itself out after six months. I was like, I'll be dead in six months. I can deal with this. I'm not mm-hmm. even joking. So I quit and then it just went from bad to worse. So I thought I was already at the worst point that it could have been. Um, But obviously I had then been by that stage having all different types of Mm. synthetic hormones for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, for the best part, 10 years. Um, And then I just stopped and it was like my body literally just had like a complete meltdown. Like it just, Mm. everything just went like tits up basically. It was, it was horrific. You know, got over a period of a couple of months, kept going back to different doctors. I seen different specialists. I went to, got referred to the hospital. I went private um, through my work. I seen all sorts of people, didn't get anywhere. The only options that I had was either go on a different type of pill or take antidepressants. They didn't want to kind of investigate it. They were just adamant the pill doesn't like do these things to you. Like I must have already been anxious and I just didn't know it. Like all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hiding I in a closet somewhere <laughs> just waiting to come out. Yeah. As if like, yeah, like I've gotten to this point in my life, never having been anxious at all. And then for whatever reason, it's not the pill. I now basically cannot leave my house. So yeah. So I basically realized at that point I wasn't going to get anywhere. And that's why I started trying to see if like, if I could find answers elsewhere. So I started just looking online, Googling, like, 
post-pill anxiety like does the pill cause anxiety like all of these things and it just sort of led one thing led to another my mum bought me a book that was all about hormones it just kind of all led like on from itself um, and it took me 10 months from that point to get into the point where I was probably about 80 percent better mm-hmm. and it was just a pure trial and error process it was just mm-hmm. I couldn't go to work for a period of time so all I did from day till night was obsessively research this determined to find as much as I could to prove that I was right mm-hmm. and I just read I mean I read hundreds of pages of forums of people other people's experiences I read mm-hmm. articles I watched YouTube videos I bought books like everything and then I just tried everything I tried everything that was suggested um, whether it was supplements diet changes you know certain types of exercise meditation like everything that was going I tried it mm-hmm. um, I tried the keto diet I tried basically completely cutting out sugar. I came off of dairy. I tried taking all these different supplements. I tried terrible peas. Like I tried absolutely everything that was on offer. And some things worked and some things didn't. Um, and over the course of 10 months, give or take, I started to get bits and pieces of myself back. Um, but it was a very long, very hard journey. But the thing that made the biggest difference throughout it was the knowledge. Because, mm-hmm. it, you know, as soon as I kind of found this one forum for example where it was all people with the same experience as me it was all people saying from all over the world all saying this happened to me my doctor didn't believe me I've got these symptoms I've been off it two months and this happened I've been off six months and this is where I'm at and I just felt so validated by that Mm -hmm. that I was almost like that was almost as good as the solution because I just was like I'm not wrong like I don't Mm -hmm. care how many times or how many people tell me I'm wrong I'm not wrong I know myself well Mm -hmm. enough to know that I'm not wrong so yeah, so it was just it was a very long process. Um, by the end of which, I that was the point at which I decided one way or another I was gonna try to do something with my experience and help other people because I was like all those people that are in that forum, that's just one forum on a random website, mm-hmm. and there's like I don't know seventy pages of people on there talking about this. How many other people are in this exact same position? So I just started to kind of plan in my head how I could do something with this. But yeah, and then so then it then took subsequently months and months after that before I actually started to actually help people with it and then decided I was going to actually like go the full way and train um to get my my qualification as well so yeah so it's been a long a, a long journey that's yeah. the short version of it. <laughs> um, but it's been yeah it's been it's been a journey um but the, the silver lining out of it is that now I can help other people and now mm-hmm. I have people mm-hmm. every single day like messaging me commenting on my posts emailing me like asking for time to speak to me about things or do I have advice for this or can I help them with that I had a call a couple of weeks ago with a a man actually who had two young daughters who are Mm. not at this stage yet but he was like I've seen you talking about this I'd really like to learn about it because I don't want my my daughters going through this and that's great yeah yeah Yeah. like I I I feel like now I've become somewhat the hormone expert (laughs) and uh and yeah, it's not been it's not been for um like it's not been for lack of trying because mm-hmm. there's been hell of a lot of time put into learning mm-hmm. as much as what I do to help myself and now other people, but that makes it worth it. So Yeah. That's that's amazing. It's I too have read lots and lots about people coming off the pill and, and different hormones and things like that. Cause it's something that I've been considering for a, a little bit of time in terms of not taking the pill anymore. I don't want to have a baby, so I'm not coming off it for for that reason. But um, I've just read so much about people and the the symptoms. And then you hear about, you know, trials for male contraceptives and, oh, we can't 
we get can't give them that because it can affect their mood and they might affect, be a little bit uncomfortable yeah they it can affect their mood and they could gain weight and they might it might affect their sex drive and you're like well we've all been taking these contraceptives for like you 10 plus years now yep what the fuck has that done to my body and yeah, I listeners actually, can't see my hard eye roll as yeah. you're um, describing all of those symptoms yeah god forbid <laughs> But like you say, yep. it's also a worry in terms of stopping because I recently, I actually just ran out of the pill and didn't realise that I <laughs> So I stopped taking my my last one, then had my kind of week off and then realised that I didn't have any. Uh, a couple of days after I was supposed to have started back, so then I had to phone the pharmacy and order it and wait for it to come in. So then I was maybe like a week, a week and a half in before I, I got my next batch. And the pain that I was, there was just, constant ache all the time and I was like if I so I started taking the pill again and that was all fine I'm like if I stop taking the pill am I gonna feel worse (laughs) like do you know I mean there's so Mm -hmm. much unknown for people as well and like you say we don't talk about it if I go and ask my male doctor he doesn't have a fucking clue what it's like to come off the pill he doesn't know what that feels like so like I think it's so great that you and lived experiences I mean I work in mental health lived experience is so important to give people that extra layer of empathy you know what you're talking about because you've been there as well and I think that's so important and for Mm -hmm. The, the service that you're offering people to be able to offer them that that lived experience as well it's amazing yeah I mean I, I, you know obviously Renee you said earlier and I obviously see with everyone that I work with like I'm obviously not a doctor um which I think I was so worried about when I started my business I was so worried that people would kind of be like well what right do you have to be telling people but actually I found that that is literally the whole reason why people come to me because they're mm-hmm. like I've already been through all the doctors and I haven't gotten anywhere and you've you've taught me so much more through two LinkedIn posts than my doctor's been able to tell me mm-hmm. when I've been to see them so I've actually kind of found that the fact that I am not a doctor seems to give people a lot of comfort because they do feel like mm-hmm. I actually like understand and um, what they're going through and there's no I'm not trying to push them onto some kind of prescription I'm just literally teaching them what I've learned through my experience mm-hmm. the research that I've done and obviously uh, studying as well so yeah so I feel like it actually seems to bring people comfort like when I say that like initially when I would tell people that I would almost expect them to go oh right okay like I didn't realize that I'm not really comfortable with that and people mm-hmm. are like yeah no I know that's a good thing yeah like, great <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to speak to any more doctors so yeah because you're not going to fob them off like a doctor yeah. might do even and I've heard of people who've gone and spoken to female doctors it's I, I was generalized my doctor is a man but so I was generalizing when I said you know male doctors but it's the medical profession the medical model that is just give people another pill to well, take. the medical yeah. model is a patriarchal system yeah yeah so it's got strong masculine projective energy this is the symptom this is the treatment there's no in between and especially with the way that medicine is run these days where the doctor spends more time looking at a computer screen than at your actual body like Mm -hmm. there it's an algorithm and that's yeah. how we end up with our, with a lot of the treatments that we get. So, and it's yeah. not person-centered either. There's so many things with hormones, weight, anything that's going on in your life that there are so many contributing factors that could be contributing to whatever's going on for you. But they take one look at you and go, you're overweight. Mm-hmm. That's what the problem is. Oh, you're taking that pill, take this pill instead. And it's just that 
oh, other people in this situation have experienced this, therefore you must be mm-hmm. experiencing And there that might too. not be 5 million other contributing factors to consider for each individual person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's not a person-centered, it's patriarchal. It just, for a lot of people, doesn't mm-hmm. work for them. Yeah. Caitlin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I think it's important, though, not to like demonize the contraceptive pill or any form Hmm. of contraception. Every person is individual and it's going to work differently for everyone. So we're not saying don't take the pill if being on the pill is working for you, it's meeting your needs, it's suiting your lifestyle. Do you find that like with other people who are talking about these issues, are there people who are like, nobody should be taking the pill? Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely are people that are very strong in their opinion or they've experienced experience being like the right one. I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. There's, I would never tell somebody not to take it. I would never try to talk somebody out of being on it. Um, everybody has to make the decision that's right for them. What I do believe in is informed consent. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that if you have all the facts and you understand what you're getting into, because I talked about this recently on LinkedIn, actually, but we almost see starting some kind of hormonal contraceptive as like this minute decision in your life. Like you just sort of decide one day mm-hmm. you're going to do it. You take what you're given and hey presto, you get on with it. But it's like, it is actually such a massive decision. Mm-hmm. So because it can affect you in so many different ways and you have no idea how it's going to affect you until you start it. So I think as long as if you have all the facts and you, you're well aware of what you're getting into and how it works and what it's actually doing to your body and you think, that's still the right decision for me and where I'm at in my life and my lifestyle, 100% go go with it. That's mm-hmm. that's totally the right thing to do mm-hmm. for you. I think the problem comes from it being so downplayed, yeah. the effect that the pill can have. And so yeah. this concept of you don't want to get pregnant by accident is the total overarching theme. It's like, yeah, okay, it might make you a bit moody, but you don't want to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, you might put on four stone, but at least you're not pregnant. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like... People have to, I think, be able to feel empowered that they're making a decision that they actually are, they know all of the the pros and cons and ins and outs mm-hmm. of, because otherwise you're making a decision based on 2% of the information yeah. and then it could yeah. have, like in my case, some people might be fine on it, but in my case, it had such a detrimental effect to me, my life, my relationships. And I would, based on the doctor selling it to me as this amazing solution to a couple of what were realistically minor symptoms. Mm-hmm. I would have rather had those symptoms for the rest of Mm -hmm. my life and had no solution to having what I ended up with instead. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would never tell anybody not to take it or talk somebody out of being on it or whatever. Yes, there are people that do do that. And no, I don't personally think that that's right. Everybody has to to make the decision that's best for them. But you can only do that if you have all the information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew we would get off on a bunch of rants and tangents uh <laughs> caitlin and i met for a quick chat last week to kind of plan what we were going to talk about i'm looking at the time and i really want us to get into talking about cycle tracking because i know this is something that people are really really interested in mm-hmm. we talk a lot on this podcast about following the phases of the moon and i know that following and working with your cycle is really similar in a lot of ways to that so I'd love to hear what we have to say about that yeah, so I think, I mean, there's so much that you could get, we could get into in this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to try to kind of 
make sure we don't kind of fall down a rabbit hole of this so we get through it all but, but yeah I'm a massive believer in tracking your cycle it's something I've been doing since I started this journey of learning all about my hormones uh, prior to that I didn't really even know I had a cycle I kind of thought it was just like period on period off and that was kind of it I didn't realize there was phases um, and since I've learned about it and I've actually started tracking mine it plays such a huge part in my entire life yeah so essentially you are going through a cycle every month or, or however long you're your cycle last starting with the first day of your period so that's the first day of your cycle excuse me and therefore ends the day obviously before your next period everybody's cycle length is different I know we tend to talk about this idea of a 28 day cycle that's not the norm for everyone it is for me um I have a very regular cycle at 28 days every single month but that's not necessarily the case for everybody so it's split into four phases or four seasons which might be more appropriate for you guys can see mm-hmm. probably talk in seasons and things. So it's split into four seasons. So your first one starting with your period is your menstrual phase, um, which is the winter season. And so I think that it's a good way to look at it, uh, looking at it in seasons because it's very easy to remember when you look at what's going on at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So um so during your winter phase when you're on your period, it's very common for people to be kind of more withdrawn. So you might find that you're more kind of have this desire to nest. You don't really feel very social. You kind of want to do things that are more at home. You want to be like warm and comfortable. People tend to have quite low energy and feel more tired. You want to take more naps. You're obviously potentially dealing with a bit of pain as well during that time. So all of these things are just contributing to the fact that you're kind of a bit more withdrawn and a bit more like more of a home body during that phase. I tend to notice for me and and I know it's the case for a lot of people that you get quite reflective during your period so it's Mm -hmm. always usually a good time where if there's something that's been on your mind or something that you maybe you feel like you need to address it's a good time to do that because people tend to feel that they're more in tune with their like with herself with their intuition during their period because your body is like physically kind of shedding what no Mm -hmm. longer serves you and people Mm -hmm. tend to feel on like a spiritual or emotional level that they can kind of access their intuition easier as well in terms of like work, so the reason that I, a big part of why I track my cycle is because I really like to try and tie in my work and my mm-hmm. my personal schedule as well with my cycle as much as possible. Not always possible, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I know that during this phase, I will be good for things that involve a lot of reflection. So if I need to maybe say, reflect back on what's worked well on my social media or um what I've enjoyed over the last month that I want to do more of, planning for the, the upcoming weeks and months, things like that, getting my calendar sorted out, those sorts of things are things I'm really good at. But I have absolutely no creativity in this phase. So me trying to do something that's around content creation or putting together a presentation, I'm just I'm not in my best phase to do that. Mm-hmm. If it needs to get done, it'll get done. But if I can, I try and push those things out to a later phase when that's my strength yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people kind of reflection and planning is their strength through the this phase and if you can tap into that and try to, to prioritize the tasks that involve that you'll find it a lot easier I guess other things to note about this phase is your skin will probably look a lot drier more red because the blood's closer to the surface and quite like dull so people often find that because when you're at the opposite end of your cycle you're very glowy and you're very fresh faced people then notice when it gets to this time that they look quite grayed out or quite quite tired mm-hmm. so it's a good time to focus on self-care and kind of soothing moisturizing products 
and probably in terms of food because it's the winter phase you probably will find that you're more drawn to like comfort foods warm foods so for me it's like soup stews sunday dinners that sort of thing is what i crave um the idea of eating like a salad when i'm on my period is just like the worst thing in the world <laughs> yeah don't do that to yourself no definitely not but i think making sure to try and drink as much water and include foods that are high in like iron is also good because you're obviously losing um, blood through your period so trying Mm -hmm. to just support your body through that um, and take as many naps as you feel you need to um, yes it's a great idea caitlin said so so we need to do it yes exactly (laughs) she's the boss blame me i'm very pro nap oh me too i love Mm -hmm. a nap but yeah i definitely think that when it comes to your cycle as a whole, but especially your your lower phases, I think really tapping into what's going on and how you like listen to your body and what it's telling you and try and be led by that instead of you trying to decide that, no, well, I said I was going to go to the gym every day, so I'm going to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing yourself a disservice because you know you're going to go to the gym. You're not going to be on top form. You're probably going to do couple of exercises leave halfway through your normal time and then feel rubbish about the fact uh-huh. that you didn't smash it but you were never going to smash it in the first place so mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. actually if you'd have just stayed in bed an hour longer and done a walk or went and done some yoga mm-hmm. you'd feel 10 times better so yeah don't set yourself up to fail no mm-hmm. listen to yourself you're a cyclical being you're going through this natural process and your body is telling you what you've got the capacity mm-hmm. to do at any given yeah. phase so be led by that you don't know better <laughs> yes so moving on from menstrual phase into spring which is your follicular phase so after your period has ended your hormones are starting to rise again particularly your estrogen because you're now developing your new eggs and your new uterine lining that you've just gotten rid of in your period so your estrogen rise and to start to grow all of these elements that you need again and it's usually a good time for creativity so for me definitely my creativity is highest in the follicular phase and I know for a lot of people that's the case as well you might also notice you've got a desire to clear out or redecorate or take on a new challenge so if you kind of think about it from the seasonal perspective in the spring you do kind of have that sense of mm-hmm. it's winter's done it's time to renew let's like clean the house redecorate some rooms plan for the year it's kind of similar to that on a monthly basis. You probably get a bit of that. Your energy is also rising. So it's a good time to start doing things that are a wee bit more higher intensity. So maybe running, cycling, going back to the gym, dancing, things like that. You'll have a bit more energy for those. But you might find that your appetite is lower. So most of us notice that our appetite is higher when we're in our menstrual phase because your body's working harder. Your appetite might then be lower in this phase. But it's a good time to work on including kind of lighter but healthier foods so maybe not salads but things like nuts seeds nut butters avocados sources of healthy fat and also probiotics it's also it's always a good time for probiotics but in keeping with the spring theme this mm-hmm. is quite a good time to kind of introduce like little healthy habits because you'll have a bit more motivation to do it so. mm-hmm. can i ask a question about probiotics yeah, what is that? <laughs> if I wanted to include probiotics into my life, what am I looking at including in my life? So two things, either foods that are quite naturally high in probiotics, so fermented foods, so things like yogurt, like natural yogurt, kefir or kefir, however mm-hmm. you pronounce that, sauerkraut, if you like that, like fermented foods are naturally high in probiotics or you can um, obviously take this a probiotic supplement, which is what I do because I don't actually really like any of those foods. And mm-hmm. um, so I take a probiotic, but in that case, you want to make sure it's a really good quality one. So I take a brand called BioCult. So when I say good quality, I mean that it has at least 14 different strains of bacteria mm. and that it's not full of like 
uh, just like bulking agents and fillers and that sort of thing. So maybe not one that you would just buy in the supermarket, maybe mm-hmm. one that you would buy from like a specialist like health food shop. So mm-hmm. Biopult is the brand that I use. But yeah, you just want to try to get in your probiotics because gut health is a massive pillar of hormone health. And with our modern diet and lifestyle and things like that, uh, our gut health is not optimal, um, which means maybe there's our hormone health. So trying to just include probiotics to try and build back up your good gut bacteria is always a good thing. And in the long run, like it will also help you to kind of clear out excess estrogen and rebalance your hormones as well. Amazing. Thank you. No worries. And another last little tip about this phase um, is that you're much less sensitive to pain in this phase, like in in terms of your skin. So So it's a good time to get a tattoo. I was literally thinking the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or like waxing or um, laser hair removal, anything like that that involves kind of like pain on your skin. Um, Your period is the worst time to do it because the blood is closer to the surface and you're a lot more sensitive to pain. The follicular phase is the best time to do it because your skin is the least sensitive. So. These are exactly the kind of practical tips we're looking for. I am <laughs> in the process of getting a tattoo booked in and I'm going to start tracking my cycle so that I know when it's going to be the least painful because I fucking yeah. hate getting tattoos. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Yeah. It's, you, people, you might even notice that like if, if you like shave or anything like that, if you pay a lot of attention, you probably won't have noticed before, but you might know now. If you pay a lot of attention, you might notice that you find you actually find that your skin's more sensitive to shaving as well, like during your period, and then less so afterwards. You might cut yourself more easily during your period. Um, you might feel like your skin's more red afterwards and feels mm-hmm. like you need more moisturizer. So yeah, follicular uh, phase is the best time for anything that involves pain on the skin. Amazing. So after spring, obviously, comes summer, which is your ovulatory phase. So we call this a phase, but obviously the act or process of ovulation is like a kind of instant thing. Like you, you've just ovulated, like it's, your ovary has mm-hmm. burst and the egg has been released. Like it's just an instant thing. But it can happen uh, kind of for most people if you're in a 28-day cycle between sort of days 14 to 17. So kind of mid midpoint of your cycle mm-hmm. is when you would expect to ovulate. So for purposes of this, we're just going to we're going to call it like a phase as well. I did not know that that happened. Yeah, like I thought it was a phase, like they kind of kind of trickled out slowly. I didn't no. know that your ovaries just burst and an egg it comes burst. out. Yeah, <laughs> wow. um, you only re- you only release one egg. Each yeah, month. yeah. But yes, it just bursts when it's ready. So all your hormones will sort of like surge at the middle of your cycle and they all tr- it's like a domino effect they all trigger one after the other and then when it gets to the end of that process then it just like it literally pops out and for a lot of people and um, i can't but for a lot of people they can actually feel when they're when they ovulate because i was get... wondering that i was like can you tell the exact <laughs> moment <Fuck. laughs> i can't but some people can it's, i don't mm-hmm. know why some people are obviously just more sensitive to that because they'll feel like a like a sort of like a stabbing pain oh, all of wow. a sudden over one of the ovaries and then they will know that that's what's just happened so for some people yeah they can very much track that like you've just ovulated. completely blown Louise's mind that is so wild oh my yeah. god the human so, body is fantastic and terrifying is, yeah. <laughs> all in one yeah literally there's just organs bursting inside me every month and I didn't even fucking know about it like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I know as well. Oh it my just, god! It just pops out. 
So I guess if you start tracking now and you start paying close attention, um, maybe you'll notice that mm-hmm. because maybe you have been getting like a, that, but you just haven't realised yeah. that's what it is. So if you notice that um, around the middle of your cycle and you take note of it and it's happening every month, that is you ovulating. Jesus Christ. So this is my favourite phase because you are kind of, this is you and your sort of like hot girl summer vibes. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> This is like the most superpower part yeah. of your cycle. Right. Yeah. So this is where you, if you're going to do world domination, do it in these this three is, days, this basically. This is the time, <laughs> yes. So I noticed for me, like, I, even if I didn't track my cycle, like, using an app or anything, like, I would know that I was in my ovulation phase because my confidence goes from, like, mm. where it's normally at to, like, 200%. Like, I just have, like, a few days where I'm just like, do you know what? Like, I'm it. Like, I'm just so <laughs> Like, I just that love me. So, so interesting because I've always wondered, why that happens you know sometimes you look at yourself and you're like you are a gross pile of garbage and then some days you're like babe you are so hot like why why did I ever think that I wasn't hot and like and I've always wondered why that's not physically possible to happen that's why that's so weird yeah so the reason for that is because your body is obviously you you're around your ovulation so you're therefore at your most fertile your body is setting you up to attract a mate to become pregnant oh, so yeah. of course you feel the most confident and the most good in yourself because that's going to push you to get out there and meet mm. somebody mm-hmm. and you'll also appear the most attractive to the opposite sex for the same reason so your pheromones actually change around your ovulation and that's mm. the point at which men will find you most attractive because um they something in their like kind of DNA can also tell that you're at your most fertile if you go back to kind of obviously like cavemen days or whatever. So mm-hmm. so yeah, you you'll be feeling yourself the most, they'll be feeling you the most. It's all happening. And that's why you'll wow. also probably notice around that time that you're also the most like in the mood for sex as well. Because again, your body is like gearing you up to like mm-hmm. now go time. Yeah. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. the point. Yeah. Let's make this yeah. baby. <laughs> yep. Mm. But yeah, it's like it's it's like everything in this phase is like 10 out of 10 your energy is the highest um you feel the most confident you feel the most outgoing you feel like you're you feel like as you say the most attractive in yourself your skin looks the best because your estrogen's at its peak so your collagen is therefore you, your skin will be like glowier fresher clear plump your lips will look bigger you will probably feel the most like being out of the house you won't really have that desire to stay in you'll be ready for challenges like you'll feel like you can like you're invincible like if you're gonna like ask for a raise or like pitch to the boss you want to schedule it during your ovulation phase for sure so it's like a really good time for if there's anything you need to do like if it's presentations if it's going to like networking events if it's it's asking for a raise if it's i don't know public speaking any of these things are if you can schedule them in this this phase you'll find them 10 times easier than you will the rest of the month because mm. you won't have that same kind of like self-consciousness or anxiousness or whatever you'll just go and do it and you'll love life and it'll be great and most likely in this phase you will feel the most like lighter food so you'll kind of the way that you feel when you're on holiday where you're like you want you crave like ice in your drinks and you like want all the healthy foods and that's kind of the way that you'll feel over this period as well but it is a really good time to focus on like detoxing excess estrogen Um, we're not going to get into it in this podcast but having too much estrogen is such a common imbalance that we all have and you don't want that because although it's really good for all the things I've just said too much will give you a whole host of problems mm-hmm. so it's a really good time to focus on like fiber dark green vegetables water bone broth if you like bone broth that's a really really good like natural superfood so yeah really trying to kind of focus on detoxing in this phase is a good idea 
as well. And then finally, your luteal phase, so PMS phase, if your hormones are not Everybody's favourite. Yep. <laughs> that moment where you're like, why am I so sad and also angry and want yeah. to kill everything and eat everything? And then your period starts, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense. I should have <laughs> known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. known. Yeah, literally. Um, so this is awesome. Um, so the last phase in your period, so after you've ovulated, your estrogen's done its job pretty much for the month, so it starts to quite rapidly decline, and in its place, your progesterone starts to rise. And so, in theory, if your hormones are all balanced and well, you actually shouldn't really get PMS symptoms. PMS symptoms are actually a sign that your hormones are not balancing. So, either because you have too much estrogen, or because you don't have enough progesterone, or both. So, an important thing to note about this phase is that you only get progesterone from ovulating. So, when you ovulate, the little sac that's been holding the egg is basically what produces your progesterone. So, if you don't ovulate at all or regularly, you're not going to have enough progesterone, and therefore your PMS is going to be like next level batshit crazy, amongst probably a whole host of other things as well. So, in this phase, yes, probably most of us do get PMS to some degree because perfect hormone balance is a very very difficult thing to achieve mm-hmm. perfection but, um, in any form of life yes. is difficult to achieve mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure but it is something to know if you're like particularly struggling with pms symptoms do you know that you're ovulating mm-hmm. and are you doing it all the time and if not maybe that's a, something to i'm flagging this for you to like go look into because mm-hmm. that you, you're therefore you're going to be deficient in progesterone and your estrogen is running riot as a result so when you say PMS symptoms, just in case yep. anybody doesn't know what that means and doesn't know mm-hmm. what to look out for, what would we be looking out for if we were looking out for PMS symptoms? So things like camps, so period camps, irregular periods, um, heavy periods, short cycles, acne, weight gain, bloating, problems with your sleep, painful, like pain in your boobs, like really, you're like mm-hmm. feeling really tender and um, feeling maybe quite like lumpy. Things changes to your mood, so like anxiety, depression, mood swings, feeling overly emotional and sensitive, crying all the time. Some people experience other like kind of random symptoms, like uh, like their hair might like might notice that their hair is getting thinner, things like that. Like that's the most common ones that I would think people would experience. Mm-hmm. Just the typical things that you kind of say like, oh, like my period's coming. That's why I feel X, Y, yeah. and Z. Those are things that in an ideal world you wouldn't be experiencing but if you are and if they're particularly like they're really getting in the way of you living your life and mm-hmm. um, it is something to look into because I don't think people most people know that that is a, potentially as a result of the fact that you're not ovulating or don't have enough progesterone um because people only want to take an interest in whether they're ovulating when they're trying to get pregnant mm-hmm. they think that's all it does and um, so people don't actually realize that that's the only way your body gets progesterone and without progesterone or without enough of it PMS is the result of that. So you definitely want to want to know that. Well, we did actually have a listener asking about mm-hmm. PMS symptoms. She says she gets mm-hmm. awful bloating and cramps. Um, sometimes actually only feels normal for a few days out of the month. And she says she's been down the GP route. She really doesn't want to go on the pill. And so her question is, who can she work with to actually help with the hormones, uh, with the hormone related issues that isn't a GP. I mean, you obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I would never recommend as as much as what I said. Um, it's everyone's choice whether they take the pill or not, and that's so true. But this idea that when you have any kind of hormonal p- problem, that taking the pill is the answer, it isn't. Mm-hmm. So 
um, I would just say that, that if you choose to go on it, that's fine, but don't think that or believe when you get told that it's fixing the problem. All it's doing is masking the problem. And when you mm-hmm. come off, you're going to go right back to where you were before. But yeah, in terms of people to work with, I mean, me, <laughs> <laughs> if you like. Use um, this platform to drum up business. We're happy. Yeah. And that, that was one of the things that we had discussed talking about as well as like, who else can you work with? But also, how can you advocate for yourself when you're with your doctor? You know, we talked before yeah. about you only get 10 minutes with them. They're looking at the computer screen. What is your advice to help people when they are with their doctor to really get what they need from that appointment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that if you've been down the doctor road or you don't want to go down that road yet, look into coaches like so me, anyone else that um, does formal coaching, naturopaths homeopaths if you're if you're into that sort of thing also functional medical doctors and which is a whole other thing that's not to do with traditional medicine it's like a whole kind of whole body take on it Mm -hmm. Um, but it is very expensive to work with a functional medical doctor but worth looking into if you if you can but in terms of your normal doctor the things I would say is first and foremost that you know your own body and it goes it seems like it goes without saying but I think so many of us just see the doctor as the expert and we Mm -hmm. know so little about these things that we go and we tell them how we feel but we don't know if what they're telling us is the right thing or not and we we kind of just assume that they know better than us Mm -hmm. so And I think a lot of times your doctor assumes that the doctor knows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, your own body, you are the expert and your own body be the expert. I think that now, um, I mean, I don't go to my doctor about hormone issues now, but I feel like if I did, I feel like I know enough about what's going on that I'm not going in and asking them, oh, what do you think this is? I'm going in and saying, here's what's happening. Here's what's not happening. Here's what I need you to do about it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of the approach that I would advise people to take. So knowledge is power. The more that you can learn about what's going on yourself and then you're taking the information to them, I can guarantee you they won't know the half of what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had to explain to doctors before on the phone about why ovulation is important, what progesterone is, what cycle tracking is. Like I've explained that to GPs who work and that's female GPs who were just like, oh, like, I just thought that was important if you were trying to get pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. so don't assume they know it all. It's like female health is like a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of what they they study. And someone who has recently become a doctor that is a friend of mine told me that. So um, it's really they cover it in like one lesson and that's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm writing my tongue right now about so many feminist issues that we'll have to come back and talk <laughs> about later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't feel intimidated. Don't feel like you're wasting your t- their time. It's such mm-hmm. an, an important topic and it goes beyond just like, oh, my periods are like a bit irregular, which is the way that doctors might kind of see it. Don't let them intimidate you or make you feel like it's not an important issue. It is. And don't accept any kind of medication, whether it's the pill, whether it's antidepressants. Don't accept any kind of medication if you know in your gut that's not a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. Because I think like I've been in and before on one occasion when I went um, when I was really struggling and I was in the midst of explaining what was how I was feeling and the doctor just cut me off and went right here's a prescription for anti-anxiety medication and I was like I don't want that's not what I'm telling you and he's like well what do you want then so don't accept like if you know that's Mm. not the solution and it's not what you wanted out of the situation politely decline and it's your right to get things investigated but yeah the biggest thing I would say is that empower yourself as much as you can with the knowledge and then you go to them and tell them don't go and ask them because they don't know so they're just gonna they're gonna give you the two solutions they've got which is the pill or some kind of mental health medication that's they don't know the answer so Mm -hmm. in most cases of course I'm sure there are some doctors that 
that do take an interest in it or go and study it but for the most part your average GP they don't know so Mm -hmm. you go with the knowledge and and just request what it is that you need whether it's blood tests or referrals Mm -hmm. or whatever it is Mm -hmm. yeah is your best bet to try to get referred on to to somebody who is more of an expert in hormone health I mean I would say it's it's not it's not not worth doing. In uh-huh. my experience, it didn't get me anywhere okay. because all of the, the, the specialists, the hormone specialists or women's health specialists I spoke to, took very much the same approach that uh-huh. the, the pill doesn't okay. do this to people and blah, blah, blah. So, and you're yeah, like, it's doing it to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm happening like, right now. It's occurring at this moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say don't do it. Um, that may not be representative of clearly all specialists. Yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are some out there that are genuinely really good and will look into it. But in my experience, I think definitely speaking to somebody who's not like in the um the medical industry. Mm-hmm. I I got so much further with that. So I spoke to a naturopath and a homeopath when I was at the start of my journey okay. and definitely got some good advice to as a starting point. And then obviously as I say I've learned everything I've learned and, and now do what I do. But so there's loads of other people out there that or hormone coaches that specialize in different areas so mm-hmm. yeah that's what I would say. You talked just as a kind of last little point you'd said obviously using an app to track your cycles mm-hmm. and you talked about taking a probiotic to help with kind of hormone balance is there mm-hmm. any other like tips you could give people who are just wanting to start to look at kind of being more in balance with their hormones maybe not necessarily going down the medical route or having any particular issues that they're thinking about just now but just in terms of that being more aware of your hormones and your hormone balance is there any other tips you could give us yeah so I would say when it comes to the cycle tracking I would say that there's so many reasons why I would say that's a good thing to do whether you have any issues or you don't mm-hmm. even if it's just for getting to know your own body better and feeling more kind of in sync with yourself and um, I would definitely say doing that so I use natural cycles to track mine and I know there's a lot of other free apps out there like Clue and Flow but they are their periods like symptom tracker apps as opposed to like an actual cycle tracker so natural cycles is is like a form of contraception I don't rely on that solely by the way but uh, you take your temperature every day so um, it actually therefore knows based on your temperature rising and falling where you are in your cycle and whether or not you've ovulated that cycle and can therefore predict your period, etc. The other apps are just a are just somewhere for you to kind of know how you're feeling and when your period came and those sorts of things to, to keep an eye on patterns. Or you could just obviously have a notebook and, and kind of note it down. But either way, whatever way you want to go about it, I would definitely say tracking is a really good thing to do because you may well start to notice patterns or things that you hadn't noticed before. I've learned so much that I would have never like just realized off the top of my head where mm-hmm. I've looked back and thought do you know what actually I felt like that the same two days last month and mm-hmm. the month before that but I would never have connected that so definitely tracking find out if you're ovulating I can't stress this enough find out if you're ovulating either if you do track it using um like the temperature method you'll get a good picture of whether you are or you're not uh ovulation test so kind of like a pregnancy test that you take for a few days in the middle of your cycle and once you get a positive one you can expect to ovulate in the next 24 to 48 hours not 100 percent accurate because all it means is that the correct hormones have risen to trigger ovulation it doesn't guarantee you will but it's a good indicator at least that things seem to be working properly or you can speak to your doctor about getting some blood tests done but knowing whether you're ovulating or not is such an important step and then i guess in terms of like more kind of simple things and um, yes probiotics amazing getting like your vitamins and things checked 
because sometimes being low in vitamins, so you're obviously on the pill, the pill massively depletes a lot of your vitamins, particularly your B vitamins. So if you decide to mm. come off of the pill, I would recommend that you start taking B vitamins maybe a couple of months beforehand. And it will help with your like any kind of like uh, mental or emotional side effects. So getting your vitamins checked and, and supplementing any of those and maybe doing some research into like estrogen dominance, which is the kind of accurate name for having obviously too much estrogen, because I think most of us suffer from estrogen dominance. Our lifestyle is just set up perfectly for estrogen dominance these days. So I think definitely having a look into that and kind of some of the steps that you can take to try to balance your estrogen. But I mean, I could go on, but I won't. Um, <laughs> but obviously I am here. If, if obviously I can, anybody wants to kind of dive into anything deeper, I'm more than happy to help. Can I ask one more question? And if this is too personal, just let me know. Mm -hmm. But I think there will probably be people who are like, you know, getting off the pill sounds great, but I super don't want to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and I don't know what else to do that I can really rely on. Like, I know that this works. So what, what do you use for contraception now? So I am quite fortunate because I'm in a long-term relationship and my partner is more than happy for us to use condoms. Um, as I say, I do also use natural cycles, but I don't rely on it as a contraceptive. So yes, it tells me when I'm at my most and least fertile, but um, just because the app tells me I'm not fertile, I don't <laughs> necessarily rely on that. But mm-hmm. many people do and swear by it. But I think if you're if you're not kind of able to rely on condoms or you don't want to, there obviously is other non-hormonal um, options that you can look at. The main one being obviously the um, the copper coil. A lot of people who've moved to the copper coil don't have any issues with it. Find that obviously it's hormone free, so they don't then get any. There's no side effects from it apart from it can make your periods heavier if you are kind of prone to that because of the copper. So and you also just have to be careful that you don't have a copper allergy. Mm-hmm. I've never tried the the copper coil because when I came off of um like hormonal options, I just went straight on to I'm not doing anything. And my partner was like, no, we're not. Like, I'm not putting you on anything else because mm-hmm. God knows what your reaction will be. So I've never tried it, but um, quite a few of my friends use it and haven't had any issues with it. So yeah, I would say just be, be in mind that it can it can make your periods heavier. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, I think there's new things coming out all the time, isn't mm-hmm. there? And I mean, natural cycles and, and other brands like that is quite a revolutionary thing. And I think at the moment, it's too new for us to really have a lot of faith in it. And um, it seems like, you know, do you really trust an app to tell you mm-hmm. that you're not going to get pregnant? But if you're doing it every day and you're doing it as soon as you wake up every day, taking the temperature, recording the temperature, then it is with perfect juice. It is as accurate as the pill or as reliable as the pill. But the caveat to that is with perfect juice. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, it's definitely worth looking into other alternatives that are out there. And just because one pill or implant doesn't agree with you, it doesn't mean others won't. Uh-huh. But regardless, you know, it is still affecting your your body in yeah. the sense that it is shutting off this cycle you're supposed to be going through naturally. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely worth doing your research, um, but everybody's definitely different. So it's a bit of trial and error, unfortunately. That's amazing. I have learned so much. Oh, yeah. I am totally ready to like feel the awesomeness of my summer phase. Mm-hmm. I just want to get right in there and conquer the world and feel awesome all the time. 
Louise, what's making you feel awesome this week? Um, well, to jump ahead slightly of what you're going to talk about, we were at the Glasgow Witchy Bazaar on Sunday. We were, yes. Uh, we were doing a talk and it went really, really well. I'll let Renee tell you more about that. But while we were at the Glasgow Witchy Bazaar, we went to see Tarot by Peachy, who is absolutely amazing, always mm-hmm. has the best selection of tarot cards and oracle cards. Hands down, the it. coolest cards. The cat memes deck. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> But while I was there, obviously this was the weekend before my birthday. I was feeling a little bit that Taurus energy, a little bit bougie, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, treat yourself vibes. Yep. Uh, and I saw that she had the Crystal Affirmations Golden Aura mm-hmm. Edition deck. And I picked it up. Renee was there. I opened it. I it's looked at the cards. So beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to fucking buy this card deck. <laughs> uh, so I have it here with me to show you guys. Renee's already seen it. I don't know if you can see them. But they're like holographic gold. You can't see the holographic. They're holographic gold around the edge. And on the design, each card has a crystal on it. It tells you the name of the crystal. And then it gives you like a little affirmation that ties in with the energy of that crystal now y'all know that I'm a crystal bitch I fucking love crystals I have them in every room in my house and I thought this is just a really nice deck to tie in with I pick a crystal every day that I'm going to use or I'm going to wear I thought that's just a really nice deck to like tie in with that energy what energy I always ask whatever oracle deck I'm using in the morning I ask it what energy do I need for this day so I've been using this deck for a couple of days now and it's been very accurate some of the things I'm like yes I absolutely need that energy so it's been super great it's such a gorgeous deck i love it so much yeah i'm loving using that it's like that deck was made for you oh absolutely i've been looking at crystal oracle decks for a little while and i can never find one that i really have like fallen in love with and i picked this one up and i was like this is the one this Mm -hmm. is the one for me and there's 60 different crystals in it so there's There's actually a crystal in it that i've never heard of before (gasps) I know. Who'd have thought it? It's called Vanadinite. Never mm. heard of it before. Now I've learned a new thing. So, um, yeah, loads and loads of crystals to to choose from. Lots of different energies. I absolutely love it. So if you're into crystals, have a look for the Crystal Affirmations Golden Aura Edition deck. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. What's making you feel awesome, Renee? Spoiler alert. Everyone yeah. Knows. <laughs> yeah. So we were at the Glasgow Witchy Bazaar in our timeline um, this past Sunday. Um, as you said, you and I gave a talk that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had everybody like, well, we tried to get questions ahead of time, but um, everybody just ignored me. So I <laughs> told Louise that she had to stand by the front door and make people give us questions. So you can let everybody know how that went. Cause I was downstairs giving tarot readings, um, which I just, I love, I love it so much. The people that I got to connect with, I mean, every time it's great, but I've, felt like really had some really beautiful, uplifting, empowering conversations with people just about how they can find their inner magic, switch it on and make their lives just that little bit more awesome. And Mm -hmm. I, I love doing it so much. So hopefully I get to go back. I want to start doing more events. It's just been coming up and I'm like, I need to get out there and Mm -hmm. start like just Wheeling those cards around. Somebody's like, you should get a holster for yeah, your cards, absolutely. like a gunslinger. Yeah. You got so. the king of wands. Yeah. I was, while I was hanging around the front door of the Glasgow Witchy Bazaar, chatting to people and asking them for questions, I saw a man come up, come down or come up from downstairs where the tarot readings and stuff were going on. And he was eating a cookie. And I was like, he got a reading from Renee. <laughs> because Renee gets like cookies when she yeah. does readings as well. So if you want to get a cookie, with your amazing tarot reading, Renee is, Renee is your gal. Excellent. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, your reading is going to make you feel good. Yeah. But then just in case it doesn't, there's also a cookie at the end. <laughs> if it's a bad reading, if it's a good reading, the cookie is there for celebration. If it's a bad reading, the cookie is there for commiseration. <laughs> I think there's always opportunity for expansion, but sometimes a reading can get a little bit tough and you have mm-hmm. to face things that, you know, once you conquer them, it's going to set you free, but you have to face them first. And sometimes it can be a little, you know, I've had people cry and stuff like that. It can mm-hmm. be a little bit difficult but like in a very supportive way yeah Carol's a mean bitch sometimes she wants the best for you but she's not always Mm -hmm. good at communicating that in the nicest possible way and that's why you come to a Sagittarius for your reading because we're like everything's gonna be fine shoot for the stars babe yeah it's cool it'll (laughs) all get better amazing Caitlin what is making you feel awesome this week well I have been doing a lot of prep work this week for launching my membership on the 1st of June so Exciting. it's actually been much better than I had expected and um, so I feel like I'm actually ahead of schedule in terms of getting everything sorted for it so um, so yeah that's making me feel really good because I'm really excited about it and yeah like all everyone that signed up on the waitlist so far is really excited about it and yeah I just can't wait to launch it and and so by the time everyone's hearing this it's going to be the big day mm-hmm. of your launch it is so which is very exciting. So yes, by the time you're all listening to this, the House of Hormones membership will be live and in action and we'll all be discussing all things hormones, sharing our experiences, doing masterclasses, having guest speakers, all that good stuff that goes on. So yeah, I'm just getting all of that final touches sorted so that we're good to go come the first of June. Amazing. So as people are listening, if they're like, I love Caitlin and everything she is all about, so they can get into your membership right now. Yes, if you very feel, minute. If you feel like that, then thank you. That's very kind. Um, <laughs> and yes, if you want to, if you want to join the membership, then yeah, I can give Renee details if you if you want to share them. Um, yeah, we'll definitely put links in the show notes, and we'll give everybody we'll give you a chance to tell everybody how they can reach out to you um, before we go. Yeah. yeah. So I um. On LinkedIn, so if you use LinkedIn, um, if you just search for me, um, so Caitlin Farkerson or Caitlin Farkerson Hormones. Spell your name for us. C-A-I-T-L-I-N-F-A-R-Q-U-H-A-R-S-O-N. Just because, I mean, people, it'll be in the show notes, but just in case anybody's like listening while they're out and about and they're like trying to yeah. type in your name. It's not an easy one, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn Um, or you can find me on my website which is just houseofhormones.uk and yeah I'm not on any other social media Um, I don't I think I said at the start I don't like social media and um, so at the moment in this phase of my life I am choosing not to be on social media that may Good change for you. in the future but for now um, yeah it's just not really where I want to be so so yes either LinkedIn website or email you can get a hold of me if, if you have any questions or I can help with anything or you just want to have a rant about the pill or something because <laughs> people people often reach out to me just to be like I just wanted to have a rant about this because <laughs> you seemed annoyed about it and I'm annoyed about it and let's rant and I'm like let's do it so let's do it. I will hold space for that yeah <laughs> love that fantastic well if you have questions for Caitlin if you ha- want to go on a rant about the pill or anything mm-hmm. related to hormones <laughs> get in touch send us an email at osmon20 at gmail.com join our Facebook group Mm -hmm. in the show notes come hang out with us on instagram i'm at renee underscore awesome on 20 i'm at louise underscore awesome on 20 
And you will find said show notes for this episode at awesomeon20.com slash episode 103. While you're over there, get the recipe for the best potato salad I have made yet. Loaded baked potato salad. It's got cheese. It's got bacon. It's got sour cream. It's ridiculous. Like I didn't eat anything else. I was just, just like, just give me a giant bowl of potato salad. Potato salad is an ultimate summer staple. It's We've so talked good. about potato salad before, but how it has a cheat to call itself a, a salad, but we love it nonetheless. <laughs> right? And this one even more so. There, <laughs> like I said, there's bacon. Do you need yeah. to say anything else? Also, speaking of things all fresh and summery, you can get a recipe for mint chocolate mousse. Oh, that sounds tasty. And once again, I was like, I need to make this in tiny portions. Otherwise, I will just eat a pile of it. See, that would mean I would just be, that was really small. I'm going to have another thing of them because <laughs> um, that was too wee. I'm like, I want to have it again tomorrow, though. Yeah, I don't think ahead like that. Taurus doesn't think about... do deferred gratification. <laughs> no, we just think about <laughs> what we want in the here and now. If you're listening to this podcast in the here and now, what would be super helpful for us if you wanted to share some goodness would be if you gave our podcast uh, rating on your favorite podcast app and left us a review. If you want to be even more awesome, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash awesome120, where for as little as one pound a month, you can be inducted into the ICOA, the International Coven of Awesomeness. You'll get to join our Instagram group chat where you'll meet literally the most awesome people in the entire planet. They're so cool. If you subscribe at one of the higher tiers on Patreon, you get things like ad-free recipes, Patreon-exclusive recipes from Renee, bonus video content, spell or ritual every month from one of us. You can get entrance into our book club. You can get extended bonus editions of the podcast. You get first access to the Witchcraft Academy events. The list is ever-growing. We're always adding more really cool content to our Patreon account. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash awesome120. Caitlin, thank you so much for like opening our eyes and blowing our minds today and helping us learn so much about how we can live in harmony with our hormones. No problem. Always happy to chat all things hormones and I hope that it has been helpful for you guys. Um, Let me know if I can can, uh, answer any other questions for you. I'm going to be awake for three days now just thinking about all of the stuff (laughs) that we've talked about on this podcast. I've loved every second of it. It's been so great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We'll see you next time, kids. Bye. Bye. Bye.